Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 5. Here's Pastor Ryan. That's 2 Chronicles, chapter 5. And give me an amen once you are there. 2 Chronicles, chapter 5. And Father, we come before you again just so grateful for your love, for your goodness in our life, Lord. Uh, your mercy endures forever. It's new every day. And every day we get to come before you as your adopted children, Lord, able to get our hearts and our minds cleansed and right, Lord, from our sins of yesterday and and today. And Lord, you're faithful to forgive us and then to fill us with your Holy Spirit and give us your wisdom for the day. Lord, as we study your word, open up our understanding. Give us spiritual eyes to, to, to see and, and um, remove any distractions, remove any um, hardness of heart, any pride. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, pour out your grace. Have your way. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say amen. All right. So in Second Chronicles chapter 5, as you know, uh, Solomon has been working on the temple of the Lord. And we read in verse 1 that all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished. All right, it's completed. And Solomon brought in the things which his father David had dedicated, the silver and the gold and all the furnishings, and he put them in the treasuries of the house of the Lord. And so Solomon is finally done. Uh, it took him seven years for the construction of the temple. And um, when it was done, as we just read, he ordered all the furnishings uh, to be put into the temple along with all of the offerings that his father, King David, had offered uh, to the Lord. And we know that the offerings that David uh, and uh, his leaders had offered was, was a great amount. And it was so, such a huge amount of silver and gold that uh, Solomon's uh, construction guys or craftsmen uh, did not use up uh, nearly all of it. So all of that leftover precious gold and jewels and all of the precious material was then placed into uh, the treasuries of the house of the Lord. And as I was just uh, meditating uh, on this verse over the last few days, the Lord really spoke to my heart, um, considering the, the fact, the reality, that as this temple is completed in our reading, you and I are a work of the Lord as well. That God is building a spiritual uh, house, if you will, and you and I are the furnishings and the materials uh, for that house. God is uh, a master craftsman and builder, and he is building in you and in me a life for Jesus Christ. One day we're going to be in heaven, and while we're on this side of heaven, God is working in our lives to make us more like Jesus. Amen. 
if you think about the materials, the, the stones uh, for the temple, the precious stones, the gold, all of it, especially those stones, they were quarried outside of the city of Jerusalem. Not a hammer was heard within the city walls. Uh, no noise of the chisel was heard. All of that was done outside of the city. And then once it was shaped and grinded down and ready for perfect fit, it was brought into the city of Jerusalem for the temple. And in the same way, you and I are being molded and shaped by the Lord outside of heaven. But one day we're going to go into heaven and look a lot better than we do now and, and, and ready for uh, our place for eternity. We're told in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 by Paul the Apostle that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which he which God prepared before that we should walk in them. And so it says it right there. We are his poem. We are his, his workmanship. We are his project in order uh, for good works that God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them and write these down these are these are pretty good verses that that deal with that subject that that God is building in us a, a spiritual house in first Peter chapter 2 that's first Peter chapter 2 verses 4 through 5 Peter says coming to him coming to Jesus as to a living stone Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, stones are you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so we're referred to as living stones that are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood uh, to offer up special sacrifices to the Lord. So without a doubt, God is building us up. Our Christian walk is about God building us up, uh, building into us his character, molding and shaping us. And it isn't always easy. Amen. God builds us up through a couple of processes that I want to mention to you tonight. The first being uh, the study of his word. He builds you, he molds you and I, shapes us to be like Jesus through the study of his word. So you, we have to study the word of God if we're going to be built up. Peter says in his first epistle, chapter 2, verse 2, as newborn babies, as, or as newborn babes, desire the, mel the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It is impossible for a Christian to grow if they are not in the word of God. They remain as infants. And we need to move on and progress from the milk of the word to the T-bone, ribeye, medium rare of the word. We got to move into maturity. And so without the word of God, there is no growing up. There is no building up. You, you're, you're like construction materials, unused, left outside a building project that aren't being used. And the second one 
is uh, is through our prayer life. God grows us through our prayer life and our conversing with the Lord we grow. I think of David in 1 Samuel chapter 30. That's 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 6. It says, Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But it says that David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He strengthened himself in the Lord and no doubt that was by prayer praying to God out there in the field in, in, of battle. He prayed and he became strong. We grow by our prayer life. And then also, we, God grows us through the fellowship of believers. By us fellowshipping with one another. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 11, it says, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. We are to comfort one another and we are to edify one another. That is to build each other up. The word edify means to build up, right? So God uses his church body to build one another up. And so again, if... If the word is missing, if the prayer life is missing, if you don't go to church regularly and that's missing, then again, it's like a construction project with the materials outside never to be used. We have to come into his house, spend time with God's people. As iron sharpens iron, so does a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. We cannot do this alone. God uses us to to, uh, shape in us, to mold us, and to help us to be more like Jesus. I'm going to have you turn with me to 1 Peter, please, only because, you know, it helps us. It's like a jolt of espresso when we turn the Bible. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. And give me an amen once, once you're there. Verse 6 through 9. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved uh, by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And so here, Peter is saying that that, that the other process by which God grows us and builds us up is through various trials it's through trials for a for he goes in this you greatly rejoice so now for a little while if need be you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be to the praise and honor and the glory of the, uh, at the revelation of Jesus Christ so our faith in order for God to grow us he tests our faith through various trials and just meditating on this this morning, I was just thinking, my goodness, it's been a long road with a lot of trials. As a church family, we have um, gone through so many various trials together. And, and all of the trials have been for our spiritual good. 
I can look back over the years now, you know, we're going on 14 years doing Sundays. And then we met for about four or five years in a house on a Tuesday night. But I look back at all of the trials we've been through and how each one of them has helped us to mature and to be more like Christ. They have been trials of various sorts, let me tell you. I think in within six months of doing Sundays, we had a church split. Now, we had 30 people at the time, and, and, and so a church split, I mean, I think half left, 15 left. And, I, and it was within six months, and all of the senior pastor friends of mine said, oh my goodness, that happened the first six months of your church? Oh, God's going to do big things through Sweet Hills. If in the first, that usually happens like at year five, within six months. And, and, and I remember not one of those 15 people ever came to talk to myself or leadership. They just heard the word of one, one person and, and left. And God grew us. I remember the unfortunate passings of, of some folks that we had to deal with 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 the loss of life and and it wasn't always uh, uh you know pretty you know it, there was there was death that was heartbreaking we've dealt with with young deaths we've dealt with 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 suicides we've dealt with a lot of trials and when we went through them we were thinking oh my goodness lord Oh my goodness, how will we ever survive this? But all of those trials were trying our faith to see if we would hang in there with them. And you think about all the people that, that uh, we respect in the Bible. They all, have been, they all have been tried, haven't they? I think one of the greatest you know, prophets to be tried is Father Abraham. I mean, think about... You know, the Lord calling him to sacrifice his only begotten son, Isaac. Not Ishmael, the son of the flesh, but the son of, of the spirit, Isaac. He says, take your son, your only begotten son, to a mountain where I'm going to show you and sacrifice him. And, and Abraham's faith in God was so on point that he was willing to sacrifice his son, knowing that if need be, God can raise him from the dead. But he was about to kill him, sacrifice him. And God, as you know, stopped him and, and, and basically said to Abraham that now he knows that his heart is good towards him or perfect towards him since he had not withheld his own son. I think about all the years of our church. I think about my life personally, and you can think of your life personally. How has God tested your faith to build you up? to be a, a, that living stone that he calls us to be, to build us up for the priesthood. That's an eternal priesthood that we're going to be with him in the Lord. Hasn't he tested our faith? And I, I, a lot of it is related to Abraham. It's related to people. Right? Was Abraham going to love his son Isaac above God? And that's what that test was, wasn't it? And you think about the test that that the gospel brings to all of us into the world. Jesus, our Lord, in Matthew 10, write this down, verse 34 through 39. He says, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, 
a, a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's enemies will be those in his own household he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me he who finds his life will lose it and he who loses his life for my sake will find it think about that I mean, that's so challenging from the Lord. But what is he essentially saying? I'm testing your faith whether God comes first, even above your family, even above your friends. We are the ministry of the word of God. We're at Calvary Chapel. We teach through the Bible. We want to be a church that upholds his word even above his name. We want to uphold his word even above our spouses. We want to uphold his word even above our children. We want to uphold his word even above, above our friendships. Think about, is that not the calling? Am I saying anything out of line? That's the truth. His word elevates. It's above everything. And he builds us by his word we're tested by it so much so and as we go on in our journey with the lord as he blesses your life and mine he still tests us concerning our loyalty to him he still tests whether we we love him more than the blessings that he's blessed us with think about abraham he was blessed with the son when he when they couldn't have children and the test was, are you going to love God even above your son? And maybe that's speaking to some of you in this room or some of you watching. Oh, you know, I have a grandchild now, so I'm going to limit my time at church. I have children now, so I'm going to limit my time at, at church. Is that why God gave the grandchildren? Is that why God gave the children? So that we can limit our time or to celebrate what God has done by staying the course? We celebrate by staying the course because those grandchildren and children will grow up and we are going to need God's blessing as they grow to grow up right. And when we ask why they're not growing up right, well, it's because after all, look how cute our grandchildren are and our kids. So obviously God understands that I can cut cut back on my worship time with the Lord. No, that's to the detriment of your children. But if you lose your life for Jesus, those grandchildren, those children grow up with the strong, strong parents and grandparents that aren't buckling to their cuteness. Because God challenges our faith. Peter, do you love me more than, than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. Jesus would go on in Mark chapter 8, verse 35, write it down, 38, 35, 38, Mark 5, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the Son of Man, will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. That is the... That, I can't say it any clearer. God says it himself. I'm going to test you whether you will be ashamed of me and my words in this sinful and adulterous generation. He'll test to see whether you, you, 
you correct your children or your grandchildren. He'll test whether you'll correct a friend that needs correction. He'll test. He'll test. He'll test. He'll test. And if we're willing to uphold his word, then our faith comes out shining. If we're not, then, you know, it's hurting. We get um, stumped in our growth. And God would say, be bold. Say what you must to your friend. Say what you must to your children. Say what you must to your spouse. Say what you must. Say what you must. Because he tests the faith. He tests us in trials. So that uh, there is a, a wonderful spiritual house that's built. And when we get to heaven, we're more like Jesus. Who gave his life up for us. So we ought to give our lives up for him. Not try to save our lives. By saving relationships that he came perhaps to sever. Crazy. I'm, I'm in awe of his word. I'm in awe of it. And so, that's a lot for like half a verse, but that's what I saw in that. <laughs> so all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished. And be encouraged with these words. Philippians 1.6 Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Seek him. Say to him, I am your living stone. Mold me and shape me into the person you want me to be and then use me for your glory. Use my hands and my feet. Use my strength. Use anything that you would of me. I am yours. And watch God blow your mind. All of the trials our church has gone through, look at, look at us now. Look at what he has done. I give all honor and glory and praise to God. He has done it all. And it's true what Jesus said, that the gates of Hades shall not prevail. There hasn't been one person that has come against our church that has succeeded. Not one, guys. Isn't that pretty cool? I guess he was right, that gates of Hades shall not prevail against his church. And so when it was done, Solomon brought in the things which his father David had dedicated, the silver and the gold and all the furnishings, and he put them in the treasuries of the house of the Lord. And of course, the question must be asked, where is your treasure tonight? Where is your treasure? Who is your treasure? What is your treasure? Where is your treasure? Whatever we value most in life, whatever is first in our hearts, that is our treasure. Whatever we value most, whatever is first in our heart, that is our treasure. And you might think to yourself, mm, hopefully not in here, but people may think, well, it's not Jesus, but I don't know what it is. If you don't know what it is, I'll help you. It's you. You value you. And whatever you want to do, and whatever you feel is right, that's who you worship. If you don't know what. Or you can just take a, a self-inventory and, and, and see, what is it that is m most important to me? What is the priority 
in my heart and in my life. And that is what a person treasures. I was, um, in my devotions, I'm reading through Job. And like I kid around with you, whenever I read Job, I try to read fast. I do two chapters, two to three chapters in Job. Everything else is like a half a chapter. I tease, but there's nuggets in there. And one of them, you know, um, Eliphaz, which was one of Job's miserable counselors, one of three, or comforters, he said this in Job 22, verse 22, verse 23 through 25. That's Job 22. He said, if you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. You will remove iniquity far from your tents. Then you will lay your gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brooks. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver. He's basically, you know, falsely accusing Job, but we can still glean at what he's saying. Still is true, though he's falsely accusing Job, but he's basically saying that anyone who returns to God the Almighty Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.